Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We are in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And we're coming to the end of the 15th chapter, but we're in the portion where Paul is addressing our identity. It may not seem that way, but he is talking specifically to the resurrection. He's talking to the resurrection of the body. And it's very important to Paul for these believers to grasp the truth of this. Because the resurrection of the body is the completion, the fullness of the redemption that Christ died for. It's where we enter into the fullness of all that Christ did for us. The last remnant of Adam we still wear. You ever ask yourself as you struggle in life, why in the world would God leave me with this body that vexes me and, and continually seeks to put me in a position or, or I seek to embrace it as something other than life, I mean, other than his life. And why is it God allowed us to go through this? Why did God leave us with this body? Why couldn't he have given us a resurrection body to walk the earth with it like he did for those short weeks after his own resurrection? It is this body that provokes the greatest amount of faith in you. It is this body that causes you to say that I will believe. It is this body that says, I am not about the external, I'm about the internal. Because this body will have you reject the external if you live to it long enough. It's this body that draws you into truth. (laughs) Believe it. People get sick, what's the first thing they do? Well, will y'all pray for me? (laughs) People need a job. They need to eat. Will y'all pray? Just about every crisis of faith I've ever had in my life has come because of this body. Do you know we're in this life to know him by faith? And because I have all of this temporal, external stuff to distract me, because I have this body to distract me, I must determine by faith to believe in something greater than my body, greater than this temporal world, greater than the things that come against me. I must believe in Him and the truth of what He has done in me. Because if I don't, I'm only as stable as this body is. Now, for some of you young people, that might seem okay, but I'm telling you, for some of us older folks, that's not a great deal. Let me tell you something. When we live to the truth of who we are, we have the stability of the Son of God living within us. It is He who spoke everything into being and holds it together by the word of His power that holds the people of God in place. More than that, 
He doesn't extend that hold away from himself. That hold is an embrace because you're in union with him. Today we're going to look at verses 44 through 49, not many verses, where Paul is going to continue to write about or has continued to write about the resurrection of the body. And as I told you uh, last week, Paul is not talking about who we are as children of God, but about the body that we will have as children of God. That's important. You need to know there's a distinction. As I said last week, this is not about what we will become, but receiving a body that properly reveals who we are. The resurrection of the body is important, as I said before, because it is the completed the completion of the work of redemption. Romans eight twenty three. And not only the creation, but we ourselves too have and enjoy the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, a foretaste of the blissful things to come, grown inwardly as we wait for the redemption of our bodies from sensuality and the grave, which will reveal <laughs> when this body is taken away, will reveal. That which we embrace by faith now. Our adoption. The manifestation of us as God's sons. That's who you are if you're a child of God. We are redeemed. We are new creations. And as I said last week, we're following the resurrection path of Christ. We're on our way. Just as Jesus was raised, we have been raised. And just as Jesus was clothed in the glory of a spiritual body, so we shall be clothed. What a glorious transformation. That the truth of our new creation will no longer be obstructed. That we will be seen through a glass, though we have been seen through a glass dimly, we will become clear and vivid with a brilliance that is worthy of our Father. It's what we will become. But no, that's the body we will wear. What we are, we are. What we have become, we became in Christ at the cross. At the resurrection. The scripture says, By virtue of our identifying with Christ by faith, We have changed our nature, and our identity is in Christ. Now, that's the good news of the gospel, that we can change our identity, that we can be made new, that we can have life, and we do. You have a new identity. Now, the only people, the only child of God that's looking for a new identity is the one that doesn't know he's got one. They don't know who they are. The scripture is telling us that we will have in the resurrection a body that will be suited to our new identity and properly reveal who we are. We say this all the time. I haven't said it to you in a while, but it bears repeating. We are not bodies with a spirit. We are spirits, what? With a body. We are spirits with a body. And by the way, not the best one. The best one's coming. 
We're wearing our yard clothes right now. We'll have our Sunday go to meeting pretty quick. Listen, in this world, identity is external. And that's why people can steal it. People want to know or want to be known by their bodies. They want to be known by their cars. They want to be known by their jobs. They want to be known by their religion. But if you know those things about them, do you really know them? Do you? That's not who they are. In this life, we yield our bodies by faith in order to manifest the truth of us beyond our flesh. That's why the enemy wants to get us trapped in trying to create an identity outside of who we truly are. Because what should be happening is that we should be manifesting the truth of us beyond our flesh. When I talk to you, if the Spirit of God is is speaking to your heart, I don't want you seeing me. I don't want you hearing me. We look through windows to see what is beyond it. That's what we're to be on this earth, transparent. In this life, we yield our bodies by faith to manifest the truth beyond the flesh, but the resurrection body will illumine and vivify our identity in Christ. Won't that be neat? Let's look at our text. Chapter 15, verse 44. It says, It is sown a natural, physical body. It is raised a supernatural, a spiritual body. As surely as there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Now, it's hard to get excited about that kind of language. You know, natural body, spiritual body, natural body, spiritual body. I'm going to be reading that over and over again. But you can get excited about it if you get the news that you're dying of cancer. This is the natural body we're living in, folks. That's what Paul's talking about. And what he's saying should be an encouragement. It should bring absolute joy to your heart. Because you were not made. Listen to me. Listen to me close. You were not made for this physical body. Does that shock you? If you're a new creation in Christ, you weren't made for a physical body that you're wearing. You were made for a spiritual body. But we are here to know him by faith. And this physical body dims our view just enough to where we have to determine to believe, doesn't it? Doesn't it? We looked at this verse last week, actually, and Paul has been using the illustration of the seed. What is sown is natural. It is the physical body. It is the last remnant of our identity with Adam. And it must die. It must die. It is the last remnant of our identity with Adam. Paul is using it to illustrate the truth of of the spiritual body. He is telling the Corinthians and us that as surely as they are convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt of the physical reality of the physical body by the evidence of what they have seen and feel and know, he is equally convinced by the presence of God within him by the witness of the resurrection body of Christ, by the authority of the Spirit of God, by the knowing of the anointing of the apostleship, by everything that is true within him, he is convinced that there is a spiritual body. And he says, just as real as that body is to you, the spiritual body is real to your spirit. He affirms, That there is a supernatural body. 
And he has pointed out before that there were many witnesses, and some witnesses were even alive at the time of this writing that saw Christ in his supernatural body. Verse 45. Thus it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. Now we know who's who, right? There are two types of bodies. There is a natural body, that is the body that Adam had, and the one that you're wearing right now. It was originally created when Adam first got it. It was originally created an everlasting body. That would mean that it would last forever. It would not die until sin entered in. Then it began to die. The natural body reflected a natural life. It was made to comprehend and experience a natural habitat. It was restricted to and by the natural. Its appetites and its needs are all suited to its environment. When the nature or the natural became distorted by sin, its ability to appreciate and use the natural resources that were made to build the body became distorted as well. It became corrupted. We were made for this. This body was made for this earth. You have eyes to see because he created a physical earth. You have ears to hear because he created audible sounds in this earth. You have fingers to touch and to pick up and to feel. You have all of these things because you are literally suited naturally for this earth. I always kind of laugh with it. You know, I used to think, boy, heaven's going to be really boring. I mean, you think about it. I can enjoy a praise service, but for how long, right? And, and you know, uh, I enjoy a good word, but, you know, even the best preacher, I mean, the guy fell out of the window and killed himself listening to Paul. Yeah, it, it, the reality is that sooner or later, it just, it all starts to run together. And I'm thinking, okay, we've got eternity and, and you know what? I, I think it's great that it's got streets of gold. That, that, that says value, but streets are streets are street. And it's not like you can pull the stuff up and enhance your wealth. So I'm thinking of all these things. But, you know, that's an immature kid because I'm relating to a supernatural world with a natural view. Now, the same God that gave me the capacity to know and to love the things about me, to long and appreciate everything that is before me, the same God that gave me the capacity to see the distinctions of color, not as well as I used to, but he gave me that, to hear the beauty of a song, the same God that gave me that created heaven for my spiritual man. That spiritual man is going to so enjoy all that heaven's about because he was created for heaven. And when we sit around and try to talk about what heaven's going to be like or what the supernatural body's going to be like, we're going to discuss that a little bit more later. We really don't have any, any way of appreciating that. We really don't know. So we got two types of bodies. We've got a natural body that reflects a natural life. And we have a spiritual body. Now, verse 45 contains a quote from Genesis 2-7, except that Paul added the words uh, first and Adam for clarity so you'd know who he was talking about. So just as in the beginning, when you read in Genesis, that God animated the dust and he gave it form and a soul in order to create the natural man, so Christ, now hear me here, 
so Christ animated the spirit with his own spirit, and we became a living spirit in the exact same way. So as God formed the natural man for the natural habitat, for natural life, for natural living, God formed it out of the earth, and the earth it was formed out of became a part of who he is, and then that dust, God breathed life into it and animated it. Dust we began and dust will return. He made it alive. And it made it alive in the same vein as its habitat and everything around it. In the same way, Christ came in and he breathed into our darkened spirit. And he didn't just breathe on it. He literally breathed his spirit into it. And there was formed a spiritual man. And he animated what was once dead in life. That's who you are. The spiritual man. So we got two creations, right? Two creations. One happened in Genesis for the natural man. The other happened in Christ for the spiritual man. Which one are you? Verses 45 through 49 are really kind of setting a contrast and similarities between the creation of the natural man, the creation of the spiritual man. And in order to be our salvation, Christ had to first identify with Adam. So Christ took on the natural body. He identified with man in his humanity. He took on a weak, vulnerable, perishable body. He knew hunger and thirst. He knew pain and fatigue. He lived as we lived in our humanity. He literally died in dishonor as we do in our bodies. And in his death, he identified with our sin and with our rejection. He did all of that in order to be our salvation. Verse 46. But it is not the spiritual life which came first. But the physical. And then the spiritual. You see there's an order. There is a plan. The natural man looks around him. And things are dying. Things are ending. Wars. Disease. Inhumanity. Violence is on the rise. Poverty and starvation. Selfishness knows no limits. Wickedness. Godless men and women seeking to take control of your life. You see, all of this is because the natural is cursed and it must die. You want to know why things are in a wreck? You want to know why the temporal seems to be falling apart? It must die. I know Christians are doing everything they can do to fight the will of God in this. But we're on course. We're in the plan. We're on the path. It's, it's going exactly as it should. This natural is cursed and it must die. But look, death is to give way to victory. We must have death in order to have life. Through death of the physical, through the death of the physical, the spiritual is born. We who are spiritual will lay down the natural and perishable to be clothed in the spiritual and imperishable. For us, things are getting better. Things are looking up. You didn't know that, did you? Put a smile on your face. It's true. We're not scared of the future because we know who holds the future. And he has a plan to bless, not to curse. Verse 47. The first man was from out of earth, made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. So Adam was of the earth and the earth is made of dust. Adam was made of dust. Adam was born of man and was created by the breath of God. We just went over that. Adam was created to live upon the earth. Christ was born of man but was preexistent as God and was born by the will of God 
not of man, just as Adam was created by God and not born of man. Okay? Do you see the two Adams there? One was born of God, not of man. The other one was created by God and not of man. Who was the created one? Jesus wasn't created, was he? That was Adam. Those who are born of Christ were born of the spiritual for the spiritual. Our identity is not in the natural. Our heritage in Adam was bound to death and this earth. Our heritage in Christ is bound to the presence of God and his life. What's your heritage? What's your heritage? You think it's where you're going to go tomorrow, what you're going to do, what you're going to receive? No, it's much greater than verse 48. Now those who are made of dust are like him who was first made of dust, earthly minded. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly mind. Now, here Paul takes the distinction and makes it even more clear. It is not just the external or body issue. It's not just the destination or origin issue. The intent here is to show the difference in the substance of the two men, the natural and the spiritual. There are two different beings. Understand that. They are totally different beings. There are two different perspectives. There are two different minds. There are two different identities that correspond to two different cultures. One is suited for the natural. The other is suited for the spiritual. Now, in order to illustrate that, do we have that diagram? Can we put it up? Okay. Now, what we have right here, you see on the outside, that's what you're wearing. That's what's left of Adam. That's the whole... Now, before the spirit had no life, this is the lost man, and the body is his identity. The body is what he considers to be life. The soul, the mind, will, and emotions are just where his personality is, and where does he get his information about who he is and what he is? From the world. He lives externally. Everything that he gets, he gets externally. If he's a success, it's external. If he's a failure, it's external. If he has any hope, it's external. Everything comes to him externally. And his mind, will, and emotions. And by the way, the soul is a neutral thing. It just accounts for the baggage that's in it. The soul is full of all kinds of coping mechanisms and emotions attached to all of the junk that the world has fed it because he has no other place to live than in this body. So if he loses his body, he's lost life. There's no hope for him. Okay, and the next one, the saved. Now, the body is no longer an identity. The body is just the earth suit that you're wearing right now. The soul, the mind, will, and emotion is to literally receive all of its information from a different source. Its hope comes from within. Its identity comes from within. Its balance comes from within. Its sense of being comes from within. Everything about it that is true is true at the center. It no longer receives from this world. It is not dependent upon the world. You know what that makes it? Supernatural. You believe that you are having a hard time in life because of externals. And Christ looks upon you and he says, you are blessed beyond measure. Well, my arthritis isn't agreeing with you. It's the truth. You are blessed beyond measure. So Christians 
distort this in their own thinking. They believe they're blessed when God touches the identity, the body on the outside. That's wrong. How are you going to have a life that is more abundant than the world if you get your sense of identity from the very thing that feeds from the world? See, the body hasn't changed in the Christian. It's still natural. It still has to receive food from the outside. It still has to be receive sustenance from the outside. It still has to create its own way on the outside. But who we are on the inside has changed. And the paradigm for how we live has changed. So, Paul says, you are spiritual. What's he talking about? Right there at the center. That's where Christ placed his spirit and it animated you. Now, the soul is neutral. And it is designed to receive from the Spirit. It is designed to receive from the Spirit so that the mind, will, and emotion are literally being ruled over, filled with, constantly being influenced by the Spirit of God. If they're not, guess where they're getting their information? The world! Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006.